Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. This week, we've got week five NFL best bets joined today by Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund. And we have Anthony DeBundo back for another week. DeBundo's been keeping us hot. Good week for the podcast last week. Seven and two record uh really solid job guys last week again you can follow brandon luke as well as debundo individually in the award-winning free to download action network app they give out picks pretty much every day and any nfl game they might be targeting that we don't get to in the best bets pod today you can find them so that's your best way of finding those guys and also please leave a five-star review on the podcast if you are so inclined for the year we're 20 and 19 when you include the brandon anderson Look ahead, Reed. So that's good to know. Brandon, with that all being said, you can get us started. Your week five first best bet. Let's dive right in. Rah, rah, Mike Tomlin. You ain't new to this no more now. You know what I mean? Just get it out of the way right at the top. Give me the Steelers plus four against the Ravens at home in Pittsburgh. This is the spot play of all spot plays for me. I ain't going to talk about the matchup. This is the exact spot. You want to back Mike Tomlin and the Steelers as an underdog at home in a division game after a big loss as a as a short underdog. Let me just hit you with some of the numbers. I'll just do the ATS percentages because I got a lot of numbers for this one. Mike Tomlin underdog, week five forward, later in the season's better, 71% ATS. That's a lot of games. That's 60 games of Mike Tomlin, 71% as an underdog. Now take that and add in these other parts. Add in at home. 14 and 3 against the spread, 82%. Take the underdog spot in a division game, 83% against the spread. After coming off a loss by seven or more, 89%, 8 and 1 in that spot. Obviously, they got trounced last week. So, this is when we want Pittsburgh short line, 76%. This is the spot you want Pittsburgh not in that, like, oh, against the Texans, the Steelers are better. They'll just win. Like, that's the game that they've blown over the years. Year after year, that's where the Steelers go. But then they bounce back. They respond here. Even if you ignore the teams, just a few other trends we've talked about before. Short total, 38 and a half here. We're getting four points. That's a lot of points in a short total. That's a positive trend for us. Teams that win by 17 or more against teams that lose by 17 or more, only 38% cover rate. And then just this rivalry, like I always circle this rivalry game 
it's all this close. Like the last six games, here's the margin. Three, two, three, one, five, and four. It always comes down to the wire. 13 of the last 16 games between Steelers and Ravens are one-score games. By the way, Steelers are one five of six, too. So they might just win this thing outright. If you look back since 2005, and the, the lines are very close here. So you've heard this stat. I think Stucky did this down the six-pack as well. But from my notes, since 2005 in this rivalry, you get an underdog of three points or more. The underdog is 18-2 and two against the spread. 90%. If you see Steelers-Ravens and there's a line at three or higher, you just circle the underdog and put it in as your top pick of the week. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not going to talk about the matchup. 11 straight underdogs I've covered in the matchup. Let's make it 12. Steelers plus four. I even see a plus four and a half out there. Even better. Mm -hmm. Give me all the half points I want. Three or higher. Give me the Steelers. Okay. must ask you, we're recording on a Thursday. Kenny Pickett did speak today in the Steelers' locker room, that he'll be ready to go for Sunday. Not Mitchell Trubisky. Give me the Pittsburgh side of it with Pickett at quarterback, not Trubisky. Yeah, look, I mean, Pickett has not been great. So early in the week, I would have said, well, I, I kind of like that Trubisky might play because I thought that might be buying us some value on the line. It looks at this moment like Pickett thinks he's going to play. So at first I was like, eh, I didn't really love that. But the line didn't move. Part of why I wouldn't have loved it is because I, I thought we might lose a point or two. We might fall back below the three. Doesn't look like that's happening. It could later still. I'm going to play it now. I'm not going to wait around for the news. I don't think this is going to push enough the other way to get to like a six where it matters enough. So especially you get the four and a half, I'm just going to grab it and get ahead of the points. I don't honestly think Trubisky is a big drop off. It does happen, especially with a banged up picket. But uh, I'm pretty okay either way. I Put it this way. I'm not playing because of Pickett or Trubisky. <laughs> we did yeah. not talk about the matchups. We talked about the trends. I'm playing the spot, playing the rivalry, the Tomlin rah-rah. So I'm just going to stick with it. And, you know, hopefully not Mason Rudolph, but whoever else, let's do it. Yeah. And Pittsburgh I think finally is an yeah, upgrade. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh home sure. after two consecutive road games at Vegas, at Houston. Luke, what's up? First best bet for week five. What do you got? I'm going to go with the Patriots. Currently a plus one and a half hosting... The Saints, Saints. excuse me, (laughs) Um, where as a Patriots fan, like the bar has never been lower. They've just everything has gone wrong. Historically, Belichick teams have started off slow. Like you never really back them in the first month of the season. And then as the offense comes together and whatever it is, you start to back them in October and on, um, which September is behind us. And their schedule so far, like they've gotten smoked by the Eagles, Dolphins, and Cowboys, which you can make an argument that those are three of probably the four or five best teams in the league right now. And then they went head-to-head with the Jets and beat them by five. It's a gross game. But we are out of September. We are off probably one of the worst losses I've ever seen as a Patriots fan. And now we're going home against a team in the Saints that really is exactly the type of team you want to look for when betting on the Patriots right now. Pats are not good against good teams. You can't, they can't keep up with elite offenses, and their defense really – or offense can't keep up with good offenses or defense. Like, they just can't keep up with the good teams. You fade them against good teams, and you back them against bad coaching staffs and bad quarterbacks. And Derek Carr has been great. He should not have played last week. He went 23 for 37 for, like, 120 yards, which I don't even know how that's possible. Throw for 120 yards. It's throwing to Kamara 13 times. Um, is how it's possible. And then you have the Saints staff that the Patriots are just better. Um, so this is the spot you want. The Judon and G- Gonzo injuries hurt, but it's okay. 
Carr looked bad enough last week, and he's definitely hurt. And the coaching staff is just as bad um, that I'll take the Patriots in this spot every time. Um, I'm surprised it's plus one and a half now. They've been minus one, minus one and a half up until this morning. Didn't see anything new, but yeah, plus one and a half Patriots all day at home. This kind of feels, Luke, if I could chime in, this kind of feels like the last straw, though, for you, right? To bet, It's like kind of what Brandon was, the position Brandon was in a few weeks ago with the Texans. Now, they have since proved him right, and they have been – the Texans are soaring for Brandon, which we won't get into his power rankings on this episode, but this has got to be it for you, right? Like, you'll stay away yeah. from the Patriots if they don't get this right this week? Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they are blacklisted unless, like <laughs> – Good. Other than this, like, you got – you're coming off a huge loss back at home – against a mediocre quarterback that's injured against a bad coaching staff. Like if this isn't it, then we are like, no, yes. Good. Like just <laughs> no. Yes. Got enough. It. All right. Very good. Patriots saints and Luke's like, likes the Patriots as a home dog. Yep. You can get them as a dog right now. I'm curious if that flips back to them as a favorite by Sunday Debundo, Great to have you back. What do you got for us for a best bet week five? I'm going to go with the Houston Texans plus one and a half on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta coming back from London. Houston coming off really the, I think, statement win that Brandon was hoping for uh, against the Texans. Getting back to two and two in, in a wide open and fun AFC South. But this is all about the Atlanta Falcons Ponzi scheme finally getting exposed. Uh, <laughs> I texted Brandon this when they got to two and zero, oh, and I was like, you know, we're all buying into this situation, but they you, like in order to carry a quarterback as bad as Ritter is, you have to do run the ball and be as dominant of as an offensive line as there is in the NFL. And the Falcons have been a good run offense, but they have not been this like world beater unit, this you know 2019 Titans type unit uh, that nobody could stop them. So they're you know right around you know tenth in, in, in rushing numbers, seventh in DVOA. So they, they've been fine. Good running game. They have good running backs. We can acknowledge that. But Ritter is not. It's not enough to carry Ritter, and Ritter is the second worst quarterback by EPA plus CPOE ahead of only one legged Burrow. So he's been essentially the worst starter in the NFL, and that's with some pretty bad quarterback play around the league. So I think uh, you know the Texans offense is is underrated not just because cj stroud has surpassed expectations but his two primary options at receiver uh, have surpassed expectations and are underrated with tank dell the rookie and nico collins and stroud from a clean pocket this year has been incredible if you look at the numbers and this was the same thing that happened in college he when kept clean uh, has a 67 percent completion percentage with six touchdowns no picks three big time throws nine and a half yards per attempt 90 PFF grade, dominant. When he's under pressure, 4.7 yards per attempt and a 36 PFF grade. So Atlanta does not get any pressure at all. They're they're below average pressure unit, uh, 26th PFF, 17th pass rush win rate. They were dead last last year. So it's a pretty mediocre Atlanta front. And I think it's going to give me uh, the better quarterback, the better passing offense, uh, catching points against the Ritter scam that is getting exposed here. So... They might still win the South just because the South is that bad. But this Atlanta team like is flawed and I want to fade them uh, you know, going forward. So uh, I'm going to take the Houston Texans at any dog price on Sunday. It's come down from two and a half, which you could have got earlier in the week, down to two. There were threes too, actually. Really? Wow. Yeah, I missed the three. The Ritter scam. And Brandon, 
I, I set you up for this when I said to Luke about the Patriots, but the, the Texans have come back around. They have rewarded you and your wisdom, and you're backing <laughs> them in a capacity. In some, you're backing them in some fashion this week as well against Atlanta. I am. I'm going to take the Texans as well, but I'm going to play it slightly different, but pretty similar. I'm going to just take the Texans offense, and I'm going to play the team total over 20 and a half. And even that's at plus money at a couple of books too. So it really, I, I'm just echoing almost everything DeBundo said. The offense has played great. I, honestly, if, I, if I'm being totally forthright, this really wasn't what I was expecting from the Texans when I was on them before the season. Like my, uh, <laughs> DeBundo called me out on, these were my two teams, Texans and Falcons. And both times I'd bring them up, I'd do the entire case and say all these great things about both teams. <laughs> and never mention either quarterback. So C.J. Stroud, not the reason why I was on here, but you know what? It's one of the outs that we had, and I, I like the receivers. They're showing up. Passing game has been great. Bobby Slowick calling the plays has been really good. This team just put up 30 on Pittsburgh, who we all know is a pretty good defense. They just put 37 on Jacksonville, which doesn't seem like much. Jacksonville's allowed 15 points a game outside of that matchup, including 17 to Mahomes and the Chiefs. So... Their defense actually played pretty well this year. So here's why I'm doing just the team total here. It's a couple of reasons. Number one, Texans run defense has been really bad. Their bottom five run D, that's the one thing Atlanta is still doing well. So I can't victory lap my Texans here because I was on the Falcons and I think I'm out on them. But the one thing they do well is run the ball. Not amazing, like DeBondo said, but I do think this could be a Bajon breakout game. I still like him rookie of the year, plus 450. I think it's a good spot for him to kind of flip the race if they do well. I don't want point. to worry too much about will Atlanta move the ball, will Atlanta score. I think they can, not because of Ritter, <laughs> never again because of Ritter, but maybe Bijan and the running game. So I'm going to play just the team total because I do think that the Texans score. And honestly, I think the Falcons offense has been so bad that it deflated this Texans number because they had to bring the overall total down to like 41 because the Falcons aren't scoring and they're playing so slow, but the Texans are underdogs. So here we are, 20 and a half. Like, that's a really low team total. And then this is a trend we talked about, Brendan, last year on this podcast a few times, and DeBundo kindly left it for me to go to. He mentioned Falcons coming home from London. So we're going to have this. I got it again later in the pod. Teams that come home from London and do not take a bye week, which they have the option to do. They turned down the option. The Falcons wanted to play again here. In that spot, I did a deep dive last. We've only had 10 times ever, so it's a small sample. Not a lot of great side trends or total trends, but the thing I found is that the team coming home, so you're like, you're jet lagged, you're missing some rest, you're going back weird on the time. They typically are going under on their team total, but the main thing is the opponents going over on their team total. So that's Houston here. That's the team total over. I think it's like the jet lag travel thing. You got the tired defense. And it's just a good spot here for, for, the, or, uh, for the Texans because the offense was already how I liked the side anyway. So I'll take the Texans over 20 and a half. Again, plus money on I see a plus 105. So I don't want to worry about Atlanta scoring, but I'm with DeBundo on the Texans. And I think Houston's really doing this thing. Interesting. That was Brandon's second pick. Luke, what's your second pick for week five? Best bets. I'm going to go with Eagles laying four, four and a half, depending on the book right now, at the Rams. So two weeks ago, the Niners were laying seven and a half at LA, which the difference is probably Cooper Cup right now, which still doesn't get me to 
like seven and a half, like four and a half. It's just, it would be too low currently given the scenario where we have Stafford who is expected to play with, I think it's a hip. But if you watch the end of that Colts game against the Rams last week, like he could barely walk. Like he balled out in OT. Stafford's one of the toughest guys in the entire league, but you could see he could barely walk. Um, and then we have Cup, who's coming off the hamstring. I expect him probably to play more than I do Stafford, honestly. Uh, but hamstrings are tricky. We don't know what percentage he's at. Um, so let, we got both of them at a fraction of 100%. Um, and then we're going against a Eagles offense that every single week Jalen Hurts is progressing. His EPA and success rates have gotten better every single week. Last two weeks, Hurts has had a success rate of over 50%. Uh, so the Eagles are definitely trending in the right way. And they haven't been the unstoppable force that they have been that we saw last year. Um, and there hasn't been a Super Bowl hangover, of course. But this Rams D has looked, I think this entire Rams team has looked better than everyone expected. Uh, but when we're talking about this Rams D against the run, against the Seahawks, Bengals, and Colts, which all three of those games, all three of those offensive lines are banged up. Uh, the Seahawks, both their tackles got hurt in the first quarter. The Bengals, we know, Colts, were just ravaged last week. And they averaged four and a half, barely four and a half yards per carry um, against the Rams defense. Then the one healthy offensive line, which would probably be a relative comparison, is the Niners, who ran for almost six yards a carry and just gassed them. So if we're comparing the two, I would probably lean the Niners after we saw what this Eagles run did to the Vikings on Thursday night two weeks ago. Like, that's what I'm envisioning. Um, and it's just too low for me. And if Stafford is reported not 100% or is it is out, like this is going to balloon. Cup doesn't play, we'll probably probably go like five and a half, six. Uh, but at four, like I don't see this getting to three, even if like if Stafford and Cup are announced active, there's no way this goes to three. Might go to three and a half, that's fine. Uh, but at four, like there's a lot more scenarios I see coming into play that sends this into the five and a half, six, six and a half range. Um, so Eagles minus four and a half for record, but there are a lot of fours out there right now. Uh, DeBundo, second pick for week number five. Best bets. Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. Are we finally going to get a primetime game worthy of watching? I think we might with this one. We have the two best teams, uh, two of the three best teams in the NFC. You could argue two of the best four teams in the NFL, and I'd agree with you. Uh, look, you know, I know Micah Parsons did pop up on the injury report with an injury, but the difference in this game is that I don't think we've seen San Francisco get truly tested yet. And I think that they're going to run into a, an elite defensive front here, uh, that can get to Brock Purdy and, and move him off his spot and make things a little bit more difficult for the 49ers offense. Look, I bet this same spread, uh, in the same spot with Dallas going to San Francisco in the playoffs last year and lost. But I, I would bet that again, given how that game played out, Dallas was able to move the ball a decent amount, but they had uh, some costly turnovers. And, you know, we've talked about Dak Prescott a good amount too. They were able to really sit on the isolation routes that Dallas loved to run last year and, you know, force Dak to throw into a ton of tight windows under pressure. But this year, uh, Prescott has the lowest average depth of target in the entire league, even lower than uh, one-legged Burrow. So I think there's been a clear shift with Dallas. And on one hand, I would prefer you know them try to push the ball down the field more because I think that's where the Niners are more vulnerable. But 
if they are going to, you know, take advantage of yak and how aggressive this 49ers defense is, they may be able to break off a couple big, you know, yak plays uh, from that as well. So I've been impressed with the Dallas offense. They have been, uh, you know, top five in serious success rate. They have been bad in the red zone. That is something that is generally noisy in small samples. Uh, so I think they're going to move the ball in this game. I think they're going to get, you know, points up on the board and, Look, you know, the last two times that these ga- this game was played, it was essentially Kellen Moore versus D'Amico Ryans. Well, we're going to wipe the slate clean because both are gone. And now it's going to be, you know, Schottenheimer and, and McCarthy up against, uh, you know, this 49ers defense, which, like I said, has not been tested uh, really. Like, if you look at their schedule, like the Rams moved the ball really well on them. And that's Matt Stafford. And, you know, the other games were Kenny Pickett. We've established how bad he is. Uh, Daniel Jones and this Giants disaster. And then, you know, even Josh Dobbs. I mean, the Car- the Cardinals moved the ball decently well on this defense too. So they have not played a murderer's row and they're about to face uh, what I think is an elite Dallas offense. So three and a half is too high. I think it should be three. And that extra half point is is the half point that, that is the key. So there's even a, an off-market four out there too if you shop around, but Dallas plus three and a half. I think I just saw that uh, this is the first practice that, the Cowboys' entire offensive line is at back. Yeah, they're expecting form. Smith back, uh, and I know Martin and, and, and Beard has played last week, so I'm not too worried about them. But uh, yeah, they they finally are getting healthier as well. We've got the first two rounds of picks in. Each of these guys have one more best bet. So Brandon, give your third one. I'm going to go with Chiefs team total. Second team total for me. Give me the Chiefs over 27 and a half against the Vikings. So this. I said before, Steelers was not at all about the matchup. This is 100% about the matchup for me. This is Patrick Mahomes against Brian Flores. And my man, Brian Flores, my Vikings, he cannot stop blitzing. His blitz rate for the season is about 60%, which is an absurd, absurd rate. Like, we've had to watch the Giants a few times on primetime, right, this year, so we, we know what they look like. Wink Martindale blitzes like like it's breathing, Brian Flores blitzes higher, his more blitz rate on the season. And also, they're not even really getting home. Like, they're not getting the pressure on the quarterback, which is the absolute worst-case scenario. Mahomes, you don't blitz Mahomes. Like, I, maybe Brian Flores will surprise me and, like, fall back into the Fangio scheme for the week, but this is not a thing that Brian Flores has done over the years. So I just think you get Pat against the blitz. This is the game it reminds me of. Last year to start the season out, the Chiefs played against the Cardinals week one. Patrick Mahomes, yep. who has blitzed all game by my guy Vance Joseph, still out here making a living, by the way, gave up 70 to the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. My guy just gets lit up. Pat Mahomes, 30 of 39, 360 yards and five touchdowns. And I was basically in three quarters, too, because I just ran the clock out after that. That's the sort of game I think might be coming against the Vikings here. Uh, I know the Chiefs haven't scored a lot so far this season. They've only gone over this one out of four times. Last three years, they've gone over this 62% of the time. So normally you can count on 30 from Mahomes, or that's 27 or higher. So we're right at the number there, but I think it's the right spot. I I just like Mahomes against the Blitz here. I will probably be looking at Mahomes alternate overs for like four touchdowns or heavy yards, maybe a team total alternate over. Um, The Vikings might score. That's why, again, I'm on the team total here. I I think that the backdoor could be in play but I just think Mahomes is going to do anything he needs to in this game. Okay, and Luke, your pick, your last one's related to this. I mean, both of these could hit. These both could work well together. Vikings are home in this spot, and you like Minnesota as a home dog. Yeah, so as we were recording, like 
popped to three and a half, which it's going to just wait for four. So Vikings plus four, three and a half. I don't care. Uh, This is just one that you do not want the Vikings when they're a favorite. You don't want them handing off to Alexander Madison. You want this team coming from behind, airing it out and having to score. Yes, the defense is bad. Like I see a... 36 to 33 type game. Take, like, take, however that you, works. Use, like, the, use the Philadelphia game as an example. Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. Early in the We're year. like, yeah. the Vikings, they have been since last year, a cr- like a close game profile. Like they were very lucky last year and everyone was fading them. This year they have been very unlucky. And I think the microcosm of it all is Justin Jefferson fumbling out of the end zone against the Eagles right before half. Like that is totally opposite in terms of luck profiles right now. And, Kirk Cousin has looked great. I will say that the Vikings blitzed at half of the rate that last week against Bryce Young, which Bryce Young isn't a comparable to Mahomes. I think they only blitzed 30%, which was like 60 on the year prior to that, um, which was like they finally got a win. Um, now they're at home. And the Chiefs offense, like it just hasn't, like I have nothing really to back it up other than that eye test, but they just, it's just been off. Like I don't know if it's Kelsey or what, and they just, which this is the get right game probably for that offense but up until now like it just hasn't been the well-oiled machine that we've been used to and the vikings are the dog at home in any scenario i'm probably gonna have a lot of interest in um and this is just one that is against the defending champs i even had like a friend text me a couple of days ago asking me like this viking line seems fishy is there something i don't know like why isn't it higher i don't even know what i said <laughs> but like i said i think i said i like the vikings um and yeah Vikings plus three and a half plus four, whatever it is, like take it. You uh, you don't have to blitz Bryce Young. You just put your hands up. He can't throw over anyway. So <laughs> you have to save the blitz, right? You're a small, small man. Anthony right. DeBundo, last pick before we go to the hot read for or the look ahead, pardon me, for week six from Brandon. What do you got for your last one? Tennessee, Indianapolis over 42 and a half. Uh, AFC South overs, you know, just the beautiful bet. But uh, I think that there's been a change, or at least in the second half, there was a noticeable change in how the Colts were handling Anthony Richardson. In the first five quarters of his NFL career, so the first game in the first quarter of week two, uh, the Colts attempted almost no downfield passes. Uh, and that changed once they went down in the game against the Rams and had to throw more. And I think it was a little bit of like baby gloves from Steichen and the play calling and kind of developing that relationship and, and the sequencing of play calling uh, to the point now where they're going to open up the offense more. And they're going to be welcomed back by Jonathan Taylor, the dumbest offensive or offseason saga of all time. He was always going mm-hmm. to play for the Colts this year, uh, and he's back healthy. He's been healthy for a few weeks, uh, you know, healthy enough to practice this week, and uh, you know he's going to play on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited to see what that looks like in this offense. It should open up more of the RPO game for the Colts because they've been kind of struggling. The offensive line is getting healthier. They were down three starters in the game against the Rams. uh, And I think that was a big key, but it looks like all three are going to be back this week as well. So offensive line getting healthier, running back, coming back, opening up the offense more, throwing vertically, which is where Tennessee's defense does struggle a little bit, uh, even though I do like their defense. And look, on the other side, Colts still very average in pass rush. And that's where uh, the Titans and Tannehill can, can exploit this team. I thought that their performance deserved more points. They really carved up the Bengals defensively last week. And I think that the Colts are starting to deal with some corner injuries as well. Uh, you know, So there's going to be some holes for this Titan offense to exploit. Uh, the Colts defense has allowed the fourth most yards per game this year. They've been quietly bad uh, outside of that Ravens game. And so you, know, you can score on this team. 
Uh, and I expect it to be closer to 44, 45. So at 42 and a half, over. And he's playing, right? He sounded like he was going to play uh, in his press conference today. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, it's more about like, is he in game shape? So like, I wouldn't expect him to be uh, a big factor uh, yeah. where he's like playing a ton every snap, three downs. But, uh, you know, based on the commentary and the fact that he practiced fully and, and you know, has put the water under the bridge, uh, I think they're, they're trending toward that situation on Sunday. I'm I'm pretty surprised. It's like, what's good with this? Like, Colts opening as minus one, and now they're plus two and a half. Like, that is one move that I did not see coming. Great yeah. teaser spot for the Colts. Great teaser spot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm confused by it as well. It's another one I looked looked hard at. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER gentlemen more memories are made when you are there for the live nfl action when you need tickets need tickets our friends at ticketmaster have you got you covered the official marketplace of the national football league ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat their interactive seat map gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays and if your plans change ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets for uh, plus mobile tickets Make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. We leave with this on the subject of the Colts. They are featured in Brandon Anderson's Week 6 Look Ahead. What do you got? Yeah, let's do the Colts next week. Week 6 Look Ahead. Give me the Colts plus 5.5 in Jacksonville. Sounds already starting to move. I'm seeing some 5s and even 4.5s out there. The the lines are moving so early, guys. Like, look aheads and hot reads. You got to get picks in in a, in a heartbeat when these lines start to post. So I don't really understand this line. I think the Colts, honestly, might just be better than the Jaguars. Like, the, the offense is stuck in the mud. Press Taylor, I don't like it. The, the, the play calls are not doing well. 
Gus Bradley's Colts defense. We were talking about that just before we started recording. Like they, they're holding up just fine. They, they usually kind of manage to hang in there right around league average. I agree with the bundle. I love Shane Steichen. I love Anthony Richardson. I've loved that marriage from the beginning. I just thought it might take some time, but it's looking good already. I, I will say this is the one thing I don't love about my Texans Island positions. I think the Colts might be like infringing onto the Island a little bit long-term here, but I think it's a great spot against Jacksonville. Uh, I do like them home against the Titans. Jacksonville's playing Buffalo. I think Buffalo could run up the score on Jacksonville. And then don't forget Jacksonville is another one that fits my trend from earlier. They're coming home from London, but not just London, two weeks in London. They've been hanging out overseas for two weeks. And this is the weirdest schedule stretch I've seen where they come home after two weeks there and you like totally acclimate your body, time, all the whole thing. No bye week. They didn't want a bye week. In fact, they go here to get, they play the Colts at home. Then they have a Thursday night game three days later against New Orleans in New Orleans, which I think is going to be a terrible spot for Jacksonville. And then they play at Pittsburgh and then they get a bye week. Finally, like, wh- I don't know what they're doing. Why did they do the schedule this way? Look, Jacksonville wins at home against Indy. That's the thing. And I think that must be what's buying the line points here. Cause I believe Jacksonville has won eight in a row at home. Like that's the one that knocked the Colts out of the playoffs a couple years ago. That's a spot <laughs> that we know to play. <laughs> I don't care. I'm playing the Colts. I think if you look at what the home field advantage should be for Jacksonville, they're giving it all back with the post-London thing. Again, I don't even think I said this earlier. Teams that are coming off of the London spot and don't have a bye week, 10 teams we've had do that. All 10 of those teams have either been tied or trailing in the fourth quarter that following game. So I think we get the Colts in this game all the way. I like the plus five and a half. I see a plus 210 on the money line. I think that's the wrong price as well. So I think the Colts might actually get the job done here and and finally end the voodoo in Jacksonville and get the win. But I will take the official pick as plus five and a half. Okay, plus 190 on the money line right now. The Colts at the Jags, October 15th. All right, that is going to do it. On the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 5 Best Bets episode, we are presented by BetMGM. Thanks to our friends there. If you missed... Our other content on the Action Network podcast, we have the full betting preview, the Sunday six-pack with Chris Raybon and Stucky. That's out now. And also, stay tuned for our recap episode, which we do. It comes out every Monday morning. Joe Gallant, Evan Abrams, Brandon's featured there with his hot read, so be sure to check that out on Monday. And again, don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see these guys' picks and track your own as well. Best of luck, everybody. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.